0: further analysis on what's playing itself out on that market scene i'm joined by Viv governor from around swiss offshore viv it's always a pleasure and a good afternoon to you good
1: afternoon to you, yes.
0: wonderful uh well let's uh, start off by reflecting possibly on what's happening in europe uh there's upbeat screens there but here at home uh, a sea of red uh, what are investors looking at uh, this afternoon
1: well i mean obviously we had a very strong day yesterday i mean we saw our market up quite nicely. And I think uh, after a day like that, unless there's good news to support more upward movement, uh, we generally do find a bit of a negative day. And look, the fall today is nowhere near as large as the rise yesterday. I mean, look at what resources did yesterday. Compared them to today, and you'll see that they've been really a part of their gains. So I think without any kind of positive news after a positive day, uh, a very positive day, rather, you generally tend to see a bit of a pullback, uh, even likely.
0: We are also expecting a very important U.S. data points uh, this week. I'm wondering, uh, you know, if this might lead a market uh, to possibly uh, sit back a little until we know exactly what to expect, especially with all these jobs numbers that are, of course, all feeding into the inflation story.
1: Oh, yeah, most certainly. I mean, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you guys before, but I mean, if you've seen that latest UPS, uh, these are the delivery drivers, guys, mm-hmm. That uh, the deal that they got for the union. The average uh, delivery driver for UPS – uh, in five years' time, it's, it's a five-year agreement. At the end of five years, we're earning $170,000 a year. That's roughly 3.5 million rounds a year, uh, we're over, three, over 3 million rounds a year. Mm-hmm. That's quarter of a million rands a month. This is a delivery driver, delivering packages for UPS. Sure. Uh, we're seeing the auto workers uh, going on strike soon. Uh, we obviously have seen the uh, you know, the screenwriters and the uh, actors going on strike, and that's like, a slightly different thing. But strike action is rising and you don't get to see, uh, you know, people basically having a three and a half percent unemployment rate uh, where there is no recession. Uh, and yet wages are not keeping up with inflation. That doesn't happen in any normal economy. Uh, and I think what we're seeing right now is is that happening. Uh, if we see the jobs numbers coming through, I think the numbers expected is 170,000 jobs uh, being expected. But that might be cut down a little bit because of the uh, screenwriters and the actor strike, uh, screen actors and the actor strike. Sorry. I think about maybe 40, 50,000. But if we see like a, a surprisingly strong number there, it could seriously increase the chance of a rate hike in the US, which would be negative for markets.
0: Very interesting, uh, that wage price inflation being as sticky as anticipated. We are also, uh, you know, reading stories um, of China and U.S. Uh, government officials having a conversation. They're speaking about working together. Um, it's, uh, you know, both uh, the premier and from, uh, the, from China and the U.S. Secretary of Commerce uh, have both reiterated this. I'm wondering how markets might react to this. Uh, you know, a more pleasant relationship between U.S. and China. Is it just a conversation that they're having uh, when we know that uh, back at the ranch, it's going to still be very tense between the two nations
1: yeah look i mean it's how businesses react to that as well so if you look at what the u.s has done over the last year or so the infrastructure reduction act from the americans be, turns out to basically be an, uh, you know an import substitution act uh, uh they want to build locally as opposed to building internationally they want to create their own trips instead of importing from taiwan they want to create their own like factories and sort of building stuff in china Um, and that is obviously one uh, aspect. They've also gone out and basically banned the export of high-end chips as well as the stuff we use to manufacture lower-end chips to China, uh, computer chips, that is. Uh, they've also gone out and banned the investments of Americans in, uh, Chinese AI companies and banned any American from working for certain Chinese tech sectors. If you work for a certain Chinese kind of tech company and you have an American passport, uh, you know, you can't work for them anymore, otherwise you would lose that passport. Uh, you have dual citizenship, et cetera. Uh So, yeah, what's happened is that there is this kind of bifurcation in the world. Uh, the Chinese are trying to react to it. Uh, they've done things, for instance, like, uh, you know, restrict the export of rare earths and so on. Uh, so, yeah, it's good to see a bit of calm ha- happening. But I think a lot of the stuff that's been happening over the last year or so in terms of... Uh, these uh, larger trade moves, larger industrial investment moves, et cetera, don't uh, reverse very quickly. I mean, we're talking uh, mu- multi-trillion dollar investments in terms of moving, you know, factors into the U.S., et cetera. We're talking, you know, uh, companies like Sequoia cutting off their uh, investment arm in China. Uh, Microsoft moving research teams from ty- from uh, Shanghai to Toronto. Uh, those are not, you know, one or two month moves. Those are multi-year moves. And I don't think it's very difficult. They're very easy to, to, to reverse those uh, in a short period of time
0: it's us get into some company news now a master drilling coming out with a very strong performance Viv, keen to get your your, uh, your thoughts on this one this is a company of course that works with miners we have seen a bit of a commodities dip uh, Viv, but this hasn't affected masters at all
1: yeah look i mean uh, we, we are seeing a bit of a support coming to resources and we saw that yesterday as well in terms of uh, some of moves in, in our market here uh the company basically sends revenues years up 12 percent to just about two billion rounds of profits up Eight percent to you know around about uh, you know fourteen percent of that basically. Uh, we're talking about three hundred million or so. Uh, I do think that in terms of the commodity sector, it's probably going to be a very tough period for the next few years, especially uh, looking at what's happening in China right now. China's a huge uh, you know source of demand for commodities. Uh, the economy is definitely slowing down. We're not going to be seeing the eight, nine, ten percent Chinese growth rates anymore. Uh, we're probably going to be finding it difficult to see the five percent growth rates uh, in a few years' time. Uh, or even 3%, who knows. Uh, so I do think that, uh, you know, so commodity companies right now are looking reasonably strong, either it be the infrastructure side or in terms of the actual production. But I do think that longer term, there are issues hitting them.
0: Also, Keen to get your thoughts on Supergroup. Uh, they seem to uh, be benefiting from having been able uh, to look ahead and uh, really diversify themselves as a logistics company, Viv. And they've really actually managed to weather a very difficult uh, economic environment, even with demand and supply issues uh, for logistics uh, companies. Uh, talk to us about how uh, you know, you're taking stock of this, uh, com- this company right now.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, we have seen. Uh quite a it was a bit of acquisition from supergroup. i mean they did do that uh uh uk transport uh, group acquisition Amco a while back uh, again i mean this is a very uh you know uh, sector that's in a great deal of flux at the moment uh if you look at for instance just what the uh, logistical prices the price of moving stuff around was looking a, a little while ago uh you are you have seen basically a significant pullback from that level uh you know it, it is difficult. It's, it's a boom and bust kind of, uh, you know, marketplace. So you see, you know, significant moves up and significant moves down. Uh, obviously, however, the larger you are in this particular sector, the better it is for you. Lots of uh, economies of scale, lots of efficiencies uh, to be done, uh, and of course, you are also dependent on, you know, uh, GDP as well. So, yeah, good results, but I do think that you have to take into account that we are likely to see some price pressures as well as some, you know, demand pressures coming through as well.
0: Well, we're keen to get you a stock pick, but before uh, we do that, uh, let's reflect on some of the counters that have found favor uh, with your industry peers.
2: I've gone with Currow. Um, we've seen how well
1: Advitech is doing, Stadio is doing, and I think Kura is about two or three years behind where Advitech is. They've, they've, they've overcapitalized mm-hmm. for a number of years, and I think for the first time in a long time, I like them as an opportunity. I think management's pulling back on the capex, the margins are starting to improve. Enrollments are ticking over and their passing price increases. I think you've got a couple of years of upside in this one if management continues along the direction of travel that they're planning to go through now as they use more of their existing capacity and and rein in the spending.
2: Well, i'm going to pick accenture um this is an it consulting firm i think a lot of people in big corporates will have actually come across it um it is an it consulting firm so along with the rest of the tech sector it is up here today but it's only up 20 percent if you look at the big um, 10 that are out there it's not up as much as the rest of them so it is possibly a little bit on the expensive side it is reporting in a month now there's been a lot of focus on the big IT companies, um, you know, AI and all the benefits that it's going to bring to them. So it, this whole run-up is probably a little bit overdone. Mm. In those results, I think one of two things are going to happen. Um, the first thing is that, you know, they may be negatively affected by, in this current environment, you know, companies have cut costs. They've they, You know, they, they tend not to take on big consulting projects. But it could also be a positive benefit for them because you know companies across the globe are stretched. Um, you know, I think probably the um, the job layoffs. You know, there's only so many people you can lay off before you actually start to look to to other places in your business where you can actually make things a little bit meaner and cleaner. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to be to their benefit in the medium long term that you're having a cycle like this at the moment. And cloud and data analytics are not going away. Um, and they're a real defined revenue generating trend as opposed to AI at the moment, which is a little bit uncertain. It's ASML. I'm excited about the microchip um, sector in general. And therefore, I'm buying the company that makes them mach- sure that sells the machines to the companies who make
1: microchips.
0: Well, Viv, I keen to get your insights on some of those counters. We have Curo, Accenture, as well as ASML.
1: Yeah, look, I mean if you look at uh you know uh here, here I, I do think an interesting thing around uh you know the school uh uh education sector is—you know—people often overlook it. Is the demographic trends fertility rates in Africa falling significantly? I mean, looking at from uh, 2006 to 2023, uh, or 22 rather, you've saw it fall from about 2.6 some change to about 2.3. And places like Kowtig, for instance, we are already at a point where we are below replacement fertility. That means a lot of kids are being born, and because schooling hits you uh, earlier than, for instance, the workforce and so on, they are the first sector to be seeing those reductions coming through. And I think that's something to be looked at. Mm. Uh, regarding the chips, uh, you know, uh, like I mentioned with my I talk about, uh, you know, the U.S. Infrastructure Reduction Act. Uh, I think there's going to be a demand for the machines that build ships, uh, you know, increasing because more uh, parts of the world are going to try and install some of these things. India is trying to do it. China is going to try and do it, even though it's banned from importing stuff from ASML because of the... uh, the issues around uh, you know the U.S., but the U.S. is definitely going to be building a lot more fabs in their own place. Taiwan wants to keep its uh, you know uh, its uh, lead in the sector because uh, you know it's one of the protections it has against an invasion from China. So I think demand for the capital equipment, the chip sector, is going to be very high for the next several years.
0: And let's find out what your stock pick for today is, with
1: uh, it's actually Alphabet. I've been picking on this for a while. It's done reasonably well. Uh, but uh, I think people would like to know that in uh, the next few months, we're going to see a uh, Gemini release from Alphabet. Uh, Gemini is uh, the Alphabet's uh, new version of its uh, AI pr- uh, program uh, from its uh, Deep Mind group. Uh, it's said to be you know multiple times better than ChatGPT, uh, GPT-4 uh, rather, mm-hmm. uh, which came out basically about six months ago. So looking at maybe four five times better than uh, GPT-4. Who knows how good that's going to look? Uh, because we were amazed by how good GPT-4 looks compared to GPT-3. Uh, so we are going to be seeing uh, that from uh, Alphabet. And I think looking at what the individual results look like, that's probably going to drive another little round of AI hype.
0: Well, I would like to thank you so much for, for your time this afternoon. It's always a pleasure getting your thoughts and insights. Thank you. And that was your Midday Markets Update with Viv Cavender from with Offshore.